Hello, everyone, and welcome to By the Numbers, uh, episode 11. James Carlson here. I'm back with Alex McNabb, as usual. We have a, a pretty dense topic today, actually. We're going to cover uh, credentialism and sort of the, the the creep of requirements that are strangling the American worker. There's there's quite a bit to say, right, Alex? Yes. Yes, there I'm is. Gonna I'm going to jump right in here with the with the information I gathered, um, because when I first started looking into this, I was met with a, a hilarious article about a restaurant in Washington, D.C. that requires their uh, new servers to have bachelor degrees. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that was it's it's at the very top of the prep. Um <laughs> The, but why? The, because they're serving people rosé cider and uh, prosciutto wrapped uh, uh, melon slices. I don't fucking know because they're dumb. Like they're cat- what kind of bachelor's degree. It didn't say. It just said a four-year degree. <laughs> but well, this is the thing. You know, as we'll go through the data, there's there's this there's this trend with uh, it, a lot of employers. It doesn't really matter what your four-year degree is. It's just have a four-year degree. Your four-year degree can be in explaining the history of the phallus in Western culture. And it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> I mean, is the theory that you're trying to uh, uh, use this as a proxy for like an IQ test? I've, I've heard that that's sort of the, the rationale behind doing that. I mean, Maybe because this this restaurant, for example, was in Washington, D.C., which is obviously extremely heavily black. So maybe maybe they don't want blacks pouring. But (laughs) the problem, too, with that is that you get great inflation these days to the point where, I mean, there's there's plenty of four year programs that you could just sleep through. Well, yeah, you and I talked about this off the air one time and I was texting you. um, I was texting you data on it. I don't have it in front of me, but. Um, for people of color and uh, especially for women with female professors, great inflation is a very real thing. There are mm-hmm. professors who just say, oh, you're black. OK, you pass. Mark, you're great. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad IQ test proxy. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice it's a nice introduction to how uh, credentialism is killing America. I found uh, sort of so much fascinating uh, data here and the crux of it from a Harvard study. And I'm going to refer back to this for most of the program is what's called de- the degree gap. And the essence of this without throwing numbers at it immediately is that boomers are doing jobs and, and to some degree Xers are doing jobs with only having a high school degree and they're good jobs. These are supervisors. These are management or they've worked in the same position for, I don't know, 30 years. These are good jobs. Mm-hmm. They have no degree. But then the people who are coming in behind them are required to have degrees. So a great example, a concrete example was 16% of current current rather 
and outgoing production managers have college degrees, or I'm sorry, do not have a college degree. 67% of the new ones that they're hiring have to have one. Production managers? Production managers. But, I mean, I feel like that's one of those jobs where you work in the field for a while, and then eventually you graduate to the point where you're able to direct the process, right? It is, yeah. Well, like, what, what good what good is it to bring in somebody who's got a four-year degree in underwater basket weaving? Like, how does that translate into being able to manage a, a production line? I don't Especially- know. I couldn't find an answer. <laughs> I couldn't find answers. This is the thing with 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 the sort of the degree gap degree gap and the credentialism. I cannot find concrete answers for why the entirety of the economy is doing this. It ju- it's just like corporate behavior that they seem to think people with the degree are inherently more valuable. I mean, obviously, if you're a theoretical physicist with a fucking PhD, you're you're inherently more valuable, but in a very specific way Like you can't put broad value on on just holding a degree yet. They try to. Right. You know, an- another one from this Harvard study is that so uh, referring to the degree gap, um, an even bigger one is supervisors in lawnscaping lawn service and groundskeeping workers <laughs> they the degree gap is uh, 55 55% meaning they now want the majority of people they're hiring in to well, have a four year degree that doesn't cuz see i've worked in that particular job people right. yeah, so have I. with four four year degrees don't want to go into landscaping because it's not like you sit in the air conditioning if you're a manager in a landscaping company. No, you're probably going to be out there running a weed eater and a mower half the time. So why on earth would you want to go through four years of college and then be out in like the, the South Carolina sunshine and heat humidity running a landscaping company? I mean, right. that doesn't make fucking sense. And the, uh, That's the, a total mismatch. It is. And it's a two-directional question, right? Because you don't want to do it. And why do they want to hire a guy with a four-year degree to do it? And again, it just seems that it's the thing to do. You want college-educated workers. And there's no, there, there, there's not a sense of logic to this whole process. I mean, um, I, I'm used to the idea of businesses like asking for the moon. I always just kind of assumed it was yes. like, well, they, they ask for the moon and then they they take what they got to, you know, get. They take what they get, but... I, I don't know how true that is. Are they just are they just going without these employees? If they they put out like a an advertisement for the hypothetical landscaping contractor manager, and he's he's going to have like his master's degree and something apparently doesn't matter, and they don't find the guy, so then they just promote somebody within the company. Like how does this work? Whenever they don't find the qualified personnel. Yeah. So when I was looking into that, it seems to depend on. It seems to depend on the business. So for, you know, if it's a, if it's a large company, um, as in, you know, doing tech or something like that, they will either poach someone. So Mm -hmm. actually tech companies have a long history of doing this. If they can't find anyone, they poach people from their competitor by offering sort of ridiculous initial salaries, you know, oh my, Microsoft will take someone off Google for $175,000 signing going mm-hmm. like they, they do that. As for something like a landscaping company where they can't, they can't get 
immigrants legally. Um, so they can't fill it that way. It seems to be that they eventually give in and they eventually move someone up within their ranks to do the work. But it still says a lot that the preference is still for a college degree, that they're trying to hire people this way. Yeah. It's 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 entirely nonsensical. It makes no sense. Like just from my practical experience with landscaping, uh, college graduates are not wanting to go into that. No, no one is like flipping through the want ads and being like, oh, oh, cool. Oh, sweet. I can go uh, bust my ass 70 hours a week for a landscaping company working as a manager. And of course, an employee is going to call out and I'll be I'll be out there driving a mower and running a weed eater. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be a really fun time. So like on top of my job as manager, I also have to have to do all of the grunt work, too, because people calling out and me having to fill in and cover the slack. Like no one wants to do that. No, absolutely not. Um, but <laughs> so here, here's, here's some other good ones with a big uh, with a big degree gap, which again, which means the they want more people coming in with college degrees than currently have them. Supervisors of transportation and material moving, vehicle operators, healthcare workers, bookkeeping, accounting, and auditing clerks, sales representatives, wholesale and manufacture. Retail supervisors. Oh, there was another big one here. Um, but, but yet again, those, a lot of those jobs, like the retail supervisor, that's, that's usually somebody who's promoted internally. Like they've been there for a long time. For, for the and boomers, they, yes. Yeah. For the and then boomers, you get seniority yes. and you move up. Yeah. Telemarketers. <laughs> they want your telemarketer to have a four year degree. Food service managers. Wow. I actually worked for when I worked at McDonald's. Um, in my teens, uh, two of my bought, two of the managers had four year degrees. Now to one, actually one of them, one of them had political science, um, which, you know, you're not going to find a political science job in rural Michigan. So, you know, whatever. Um, but the other one, she was an accountant. That's a, that's a job. that's kind of hard to find uh, anywhere though. Like political science is a bachelor's. Like your your options are going to be kind of limited anyway. That this is true. Procurement clerk. Oh my god, the residential advisor. I don't even know what that is. Um, human resources. You know, and this is going to be a, sort of a consistent theme throughout the show, and it's something I have always harped on because I actually have a really good buddy whose mother was a bookkeeper, so she trained him to be a bookkeeper. He had to go take a couple classes and get, you know, whatever the recognition was in his state as a bookkeeper. You yeah. Know, she, his mother worked for an NGO, made a very nice living, and he can't get a job despite his, despite his training exposure and licensure because he doesn't have a degree. No one will hire him. He can't find a job. And... Th- you know, this is uh, you're, you know, you're, you're talking about like you you got the certification, you've got right. whatever the credential is, and then right. on top of that, you're supposed to have your four year degree. They want him something. to have a they want him to have an accounting degree. Yeah, which is usually you know you can get you can get a, a bachelor's, but usually it, to be taken seriously, you get a master's. I mean, essentially yeah, yeah. they essentially they want him to go to school for five years. Yeah, because they they do that with uh, the BSN in nursing. Like, oh, you should also have a four year degree in this. Well, so this is another school. one. You and I talk about this all the damn time. LPNs are essentially extinct and right. the nurse in the nursing programs that they've been doing for the past, I don't know, 40 years 
are are becoming redundant because they want everyone to have a bachelor degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and me- meanwhile, you've got like nursing homes that are so strapped for employees that they're 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 not even taking CNAs at this point. They're just taking people off the street, some of which don't even have like a fucking GED. <laughs> <laughs> That's how understaffed they are. So it's, it's very bizarre to to witness this, like this constant wishing for the moon and the stars whenever it comes to a prospective employee. And then on the other hand, being chronically understaffed in, in dangerous and unproductive ways. And it's like, how about a little common sense? Like does the, does the, does the HR department or whoever's doing the hiring, do they just not communicate with the rest of the company. Do they just live in their own okay. little universe? No. Well, the HR, the HR department used to be staffed by people who didn't have degrees either, but now everyone has a freaking human resources degree. They attach, they attach human resources to qualifications, to all kinds of degrees. Now you take human resources classes when you go for business. Like there, there are people with four and six year business degrees working in HR departments. This is part of the problem. Yeah. So no, you know these th- th- these people are not reflecting, uh, and it shows. It shows. I found the one statistic from uh, All Work, which showed now it was a study, but they cited it that sixty one percent of entry level jobs that are listed require three or more years of experience. An entry level job, Alex. But that's not entry level if you have to have experience. That's the specific opposite of an entry level job. <laughs> you tell you tell you tell that to them. So then there was another one on uh, there was a study cited in Pitt News about how on Indeed thirty five percent of entry level marked jobs require three or more years of experience. Yeah. Again, it's not an entry level job. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not an entry level. I, see, my my experience with that was like back in the early two thousands. There was uh. near where I live, there is a Volvo plant and it regularly would have layoffs. And there was something that happened economically at this period in time where they, they were trying to retrain workers. Like, remember this whole like push to do the worker retraining? Yeah, that was a big thing. That was a huge thing under Obama. We're going to retrain the workforce. Retrain the workforce. I got in on that. I can't remember if I got extra financial aid or whatever it was, but anyway, I got a HVAC universal certification. I still have it because I don't think it ever expires unless something has changed. It's just permanent. Like you get it one time, you're good to go for the rest of your life. Congratulations. Now you've been blessed. You are a universal heating, ventilation, and air conditioning technician. Wonderful. Right. Anyway, the thing I ran into though, is you go through this program and then it's like, okay, so what do I do for uh, a job now? It's like, well, you do nothing because no one's going to hire you because you don't have any experience. And then you, that begs the question of, well, how, how does one get experience in this field? And as near as I could gather, it was like, well, if you know somebody, maybe, maybe if you're like, I don't know, having sex with a hiring manager or something. <laughs> but there was no like pathway. There was no pipeline to going from the, the retraining, the certification to the job. It didn't exist. Right. There was and, just a cliff. After you got your certification, you were thrown off, off the cliff and they're like, okay, fly. <laughs> you yeah, don't yeah. And then like, you plummet to the ground and you never use, it. I never used it. Still yeah, haven't used it. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, we, we touched on this on the last show. Not only is there no institutionalized mechanism to do it in, in modern sort of neoliberal hellscape America, 
there's no social network either. Yeah. You have no, there's no social network to, to be able to find this work anyway. Like they just chuck you into the void and they're like, good luck. <laughs> we yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, sort of, I found this really hilarious story I, I shared with you just before we went on the air, which was the, the goofy company requiring four years of, uh, so this was a story about a job listing that required four years of experience with a program called fast API. And the guy and the, the man who created the program saw the job listing and he said, you know, how am I supposed to apply for that job when I only, I, you know, only created the program 18 months ago. Like no one is qualified. <laughs> no one has four years of experience with my program. It's a year and a half yeah. old. So but they're the, just, they're just copy pasting the job requirements. From yeah. Essentially. Posting yes. To posting. Yes. Like go up three years, uh, three years. Yeah. Make it three years experience or whatever it is. Three years. Corporate America is engaging in sort of lemming behavior that they don't themselves understand. Yeah. And that's that they for now seem to be surviving. I couldn't find, you know, the the labor market is tight, but I couldn't find any evidence that this is horribly damaging them yet, but it is getting progressively worse because they just won't, they won't let up on the, on the degree requirements. I mean, the fact that currently basically zero telemarketers have college degrees and now 26% of the ones that they want to hire are listed with college degree. Like you, that these things are not sustainable. Yeah. It but, doesn't make sense, but you have to remember that that capitalism has a very brief time horizon, like four to five years at most. Time is not their friend and they ignore it like that profit now <laughs> income now work now. Okay. So it looks like there's just like a bottleneck too, where you're, if you are working in like these low wages, low wage, like so-called entry level jobs, you're not able to move up. Like you're Correct. Just trapped there. You, you become static and they don't move you anymore. And there are, you know, I found a variety of uh, reasons for this. One of them is the automated software. You apply for a better job, but the software, the AI software kicks you into the rejected bin because it doesn't care about all your skills. It doesn't care if you, you know, if you worked in statistical, if you were a statistical assistant for 25 years and you apply to be a data analyst like an a proper analyst it does not care about your 25 years of experience because you don't have a degree so no thank you and it kicks you into the rejected bin and a human being never looks at your application ever yeah so i see you over here you've got this little note about uh, 40 percent of recent grads recent trade school grads are underemployed due to experience requirements which that's me (laughs) that was me right you got your you got your recognition and then essentially we're told okay well fuck you like never mind cool yeah i i was watching a david stewart video and he was talking about credentialism and he he has a background as a school teacher one of the things he's pointing out is like to be like a superintendent or essentially be any kind of supervisory position in teaching they want you to have like a master's in teaching and he was like this doesn't make any sense when you think about it because your job 
is not to go into a classroom and use all of this extremely advanced knowledge of, of teaching. What your job is, is to manage the teachers. Like this is a management position. Uh, the, the type of education degree that they're asking for has has jack shit to do with your day-to-day job requirements, which are going to be managing people, scheduling, that kind of stuff, onboarding people, that sort of thing. So it doesn't make sense for you to have like a master's in education. You, you probably, in fact, want to have a, maybe a, maybe some training in something else, like related to business management. No, Alex, that would be eminently logical, and we can't have that here. This is late yeah, stage. yeah, because this, this is late stage America. <laughs> okay, essentially, what it looks like with a lot of these positions, it's like you're. It, this is just another tax you have to pay before you can get the job title. I mean, get the job position. Like, go pay your tax, get your little tax stamp, so that now, now you could be magically accepted into this particular role. No, the education has not has nothing to do with with what you're going to do on your job. But it's going to be an obstacle that you're going to have to climb over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a great statistic I found from uh, Department of Labor related organization, which is that of the 71 million Americans who work in low wage work, about 16 million of them have the skill base and institutional knowledge to move up within the organization. But because the organization does the American companies do not recognize the value of knowledge or experience within an organization because you don't have a degree, you are essentially stuck as a weight as the lowest of wage slaves. Yeah. Well, and right now I see it. This is this has essentially killed, and this was predicted by uh, Randall Collins' book, The Credential Society, in 1979, this has essentially killed economic mobility. Because there are there are millions, particularly white people, there are millions of uh, working white people who could be moving up in organizations that are static. Yeah, I see the, the abstract of this paper is the demand for a skilled workforce increasing and faster than the supply of workers with college degrees. Result? Rising wage inequality by education levels and firms facing a skills gap. Well, it is often assumed that increasing the number of college graduates is required to fill this gap. See, that's the, that's the assumption I would question. Uh, this paper explores the extent to which workers without BA college degrees can help fill this gap. But isn't that kind of self-evident? Like, if you've got a firm and people have been working there for a while, probably there are people within the organization that have the skills to move up. <laughs> Would that not compute? Uh, let's see here. Fine work I mean, to... degrees. They're so calculating like skill distance, right? Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. And if honestly, if you if you went from not working at the firm to working there, you've already gone through one kind of skill transition, right? Like you've proven right. your ability to go from point A to point B. So to go from B to C sort of makes sense, right? Like, yeah, you probably could take a lot of these people and move them on up the ladder, which is likely how things used to work. It is how oh. things used to work. Boomers, boomers did this without college degrees. They were just there. It, it wasn't even a ladder. It was an escalator. Essentially you stepped onto it and there was a natural progression. Yeah. You stayed at the company. You naturally progressed. Or, you know, you you were hired at another company because they recognized your skill set and the value of it. But that is gone. You know, I can't stress this enough. 
it is dying with the boomers. The boomers are the last people who really get to enjoy, who really got to enjoy work without credentialism and HR and all of this crap. And of course, boomers are also the same people who tell everyone else, "Well, get over it, you lazy bastard." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because boomers love their anecdotes too. Like, so their their personal anecdotes kind of define how they interact with reality. Like, well, you know, I did X and then Y and then Z, and and, and then I bought my uh, my my truck boat truck. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually this woman right now, this mother who's been getting uh, mm-hmm. famous so, on. Yep. You saw, you know about her? I, yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, because she she was talking about how she wished that she'd like put trailers or something on her property so her kids would have. Yeah, yeah, that woman. So she got famous for a video she made in her. She was sitting in her car in this original video, and she was saying, you know, I was taught by her parents. So her parents were boomers, and she's like a late Gen Xer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about how her parents did everything right for boomers. And they taught her the same process and she was able to go through the same process. So naturally she taught her kids, you do everything right. You do this step and this step and this step, you know, you go to college, you get good grades out of yada, yada, yada bullshit. And you will do fine in life. Well, come to find out, obviously that's, that's not true anymore. Her kids have degrees. They, they're underpaid for the, the, their degrees and things are so expensive now, like rent, like how do you, she used her son as an example. How do you, you know, he has a job he's underpaid for, but it's the only job he could get. And he can't move out because rent in their small town for even a one bedroom apartment is like $1,400. It's astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that can drive that hilariously enough is your proximity to like a college town, right? Yes. I mean, talk about some bitter irony there. Like you can't afford to move out because other people are trying to get onto this broken escalator. So they're going to college and then buying up and or basically renting all the apartments and all the housing nearby and driving the prices up. I mean, it's fucking wild. So I followed this woman and I've been every day I check what she makes. And most of the time what she's doing is she's arguing with either people her age who are she's like 52 53 Mm -hmm. or boomers and all of these people are like you just gotta tell them to work harder they have to have a better attitude they need an attitude you have to stop enabling like these like the people cannot comprehend how different the environment is just yank on the bootstrap there's a study. Uh, I, I don't think I could find it off the top of my head, but there is research into this phenomenon where basically if you get lucky, you start to mentally construct how it was actually like your skills and work that got you, whatever the thing was. Like, I there's some, that. Yeah. Who? There's some sort of rationalization thing where it's, it's very hard for people to just like accept like, wow, man, I got fucking lucky on that. Uh, like even in case of like just getting a large sum of money, just be like, well, you know, it's because I made sure I was in the right place at the right time. And then this, this, you know, money fell from the sky and I got it cause I'm so good. <laughs> like they, they incorporate this kind of rationale to deal with the, the, the fact that whatever windfall they received was just that it was just a windfall. It was just something that, that came out of the sky and they had no real control over it. I can believe that, especially because boomers existed in a in a 
a policy environment, the state had a policy environment that enabled massive prosperity. Yeah. And, but they are now post hoc rationalizing it as I worked hard. Pulled behind my bootstraps. Yeah. 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 Well, they're, they're, like I said, their entire existence is very anecdotal. Like they will tell you their personal yes, anecdotes. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you'll see in comment sections will be like, well, you know, my son, we did X, Y, and we did this, and he, we, we, he, he did, he went to this school, and then we, we got him in over, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no one cares about your personal anecdote, okay? We're talking about, like, broad trends. Your anecdotes don't fucking count. It's yeah, really see, annoying. See, see, this is the thing, and this is sort of a feature of American society more generally that I can't stand. It, but boomers in particular, conservatives, suffer from this the worst. Systems do not exist in their mind. There is yeah. no such thing as a system they they can't view like they could not comprehend the abstract of companies engaging in sort of like a herd mentality with the credentialism thing. They can't they could never imagine that it's a it's a collective corporate culture that uh, 50 61 percent of entry level jobs require three year experience yeah. like that a boomer can't. And a conservative, they refuse to view that as a system thing. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably tell you you're lying. They're like, oh, pff, you're, oh you're exaggerating. Blah, blah, blah. Like they, th- there's no comprehension of that as a systemic issue. And, a, and, and we touched on it in the last show. When you suggest that it is a systemic issue, which is generally, if you're intelligent, followed by, okay, well, we have to enact a change. The policy of the state you need state policy to change this, then they get really upset because yeah. you've essentially just questioned what they view as like a law of nature, the same as gravity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and the, the other thing too, is it like hidden in that is implication of like, well, you, you, sir, you were just kind of lucky. Like you're not actually good. I think that's why it gets them is if it hits them in the ego, like, Maybe yes, it, it wasn't that you that you were an extraordinary person. Maybe you just happened to be in a very prosperous time where there were structural forces that enabled you to get where you are. Maybe that's what actually happened. Yeah, absolutely. And they hate that. I used to get an argument with an uncle. He made a lot of money working on oil rigs off the coast of Texas. And mm-hmm. whenever anyone, and this is when I still had Facebook years ago, whenever anyone would complain about the job market in Michigan. His immediate response would now this is a retired boomer with like two pickup trucks and two homes and a fucking boat and the whole mm-hmm. shebang. The Whenever whole boomer any, package. <laughs> anyone would complain about the job market in Michigan, his immediate answer was, Why aren't you working on oil rigs off Texas? Go work on an oil rig off Texas. And it's like, <laughs> well, hold, let's unpack that for a second. Like, <laughs> why don't you just uh, leave your home state, yes. your, wherever you're living, just pull up your fucking roots and just take off across the goddamn country to hunt down a job? Yes. Well, who wants to live in a fucking country like that? No one, except for boomers, because they don't actually have to. He doesn't have to live Because the, they're, they're sociopaths that just don't have any kind of like connection to anything. They don't give a shit. Like people use and it's hard to understand especially if you're an american but people used to like to live in a community where they'd grown up they like to yeah. be in the same place i mean maybe this is just part of the american psychosis because a lot of americans i think on some genetic level they really do accept this nomadic lifestyle of like oh yeah we just chase income all over the place well, it's we, ideological we just, materialism yeah 
it's it's the ideology of materialism. I can't I can't get thing I want here, therefore I go somewhere else to get thing. Yeah. No family doesn't matter, community doesn't matter, connections you, you can make a whole list of things. Oh well, doesn't matter. Screw all of that. I can get the thing I want if I go eight hundred miles away. In fact, this is one of the things that those of us boomer parents have always complained about too, is how many times we were moved around as kids by our parents chasing money. Well, and they sell things. So this is a, this is a, you know, my paternal grandmother held and she worked factory worker her whole life held every bit of property she ever bought essentially. So that when she died and she has passed, she could leave it to her sons, her two sons. On the other side of my family and most other people I know with boomer parents, the mentality is spend, use, sell, and abuse it all until you die and leave debt in your wake. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, no, they, they don't it's think a totally like abnormal social phenomenon compared to the vast majority of history. Yeah. And just they, they also tend to have like a lack of uh, investment in their, in their children to a large extent too. They're, they're not particularly interested in what they're up to, how they're doing. Uh, how their lives are going. Uh, well, this is another yeah. thing that this is another thing that that woman, and I wish I could think of her name, but it doesn't really matter. She got into, I was watching a video last night. She got into a was responding to a comment by a boomer because the boomer was like, they're your children. You raise them, you pass on your knowledge, you kick them out of the house. They're adults. It's their problem. And the, the mom responds like, no, they're my children. I want them to have a nice life. I don't want them to struggle and I don't want to die knowing that they're struggling. Like, and the boomer is just like, no, 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 no. Once they're out of the house, they're not your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you care? They're adults. I mean, I don't want to like turn this entire show and just hating on boomers. As easy (laughs) as that would be to do. Because I fucking despise them and they're horrible creatures, but they, yeah, they, they sort of act like they have two children. This is like a temporary assignment. I don't even know why they did it, to be honest. I don't understand the point of yeah, it's like either habit or maybe it's just because you're supposed to do it or something. Because, you know, it's, it's also very odd how they they almost all of them stuck religiously to only having two children, like two. That's it. It's kind of strange. Um, anyway, it's like they they put in their service with the kids and they don't it's, honestly, it's, it tended to be half assed for the most part, you know, put in the bare minimum with your two kids until they turn Raised 18. by the television. Yeah, and then just kick them out out the door. Literally kick them out at eighteen, and sink or swim. Yeah, it's it is from a like a civilizational perspective. It is very weird. It's it's a it's an outlier. I don't think any other generation has behaved this way. No, and you're people people my age don't. People my age are are very concerned about the economic material well being of other people around them. And you're also concerned about the future. Right? I'd well, say yeah. people in the younger generations think about it all the time. Like how millennials bad are, I know that. Yeah. Like how fucking bad is it going to get? Like, that's the question you ask. And boomers don't ever seem to do this. You never get the impression from a boomer that they're actually worried about the direction of the country. Oh, Alex, you've touched on my, now people are going to love this. They loved when I got mad in the last show about the, the garbage boomer. Now I'm going to get really pissed in this show. I get so angry. I want, I, I shouldn't fed post on the show. I'm not going to fed post on the show. <laughs> but let's just say that I form fists when you're talking to a boomer and you get them in a fucking corner. And what do they say? 
oh well i'll be dead i'll be be gone by then and i like clenched jaw i'm like imagining myself Mm -hmm. committing felonies like yeah it's like like, how about you go right god how about you go right now we can arrange it do you want to die right now let's let's do it Oh my god! Okay, it makes me, oh my god! I get so mad. I it, it infuriates me. That's like my, my other thing with them too is like the, because of their lack of investment in this in in how things went and having kids and, and making sure they took care of them. It's like you know when you get sick, just stagger off in the woods and die. Do us all a fucking favor. Don't expect us to take care of you. You go stagger off in the fucking woods and die. Well, this is the other thing. This is the other thing, and, and, and I'm not excusing it. Obviously, I think these people should be legally tried and hung, but it's not a surprise when boomers get abused in retirement homes. They kind of deserve it. <laughs> like, oh, I, I don't know if I want to go that far personally, but but <laughs> you see it, and they're getting abused in the retirement home, and it's like, no wonder you're getting abused in the fucking retirement home. Yeah. You dropped your kids like a hot rock. Yeah. And now you're in the retirement home, and and they're not there. And now you got no one you to bastard. take care of you. No one to have your back because you didn't invest in those relationships. You didn't. You didn't think about their futures. You just thought about yourself and your truck boat truck. And, and, and <laughs> truck boat truck. I and, like that. Between that, just like abusing service workers for your entire life. <laughs> oh, God. oh man, Alex, you're really trying to get me going on this episode, aren't you? <laughs> I can't stand the god boomers that drive through windows make me want to scream. Yeah. Because so. yeah, uh, they are a very entitled, demanding group of uh, yes, they humans. are. Yes, they are. Well, so this is to, to you know circle back to younger people. Younger people, millennials in particular, Zoomers are are slightly less good about this, but still fine. Millennials in particular are extremely polite people. Extremely polite people. Because a we lot had to of work in those jobs. We had to yeah, work exactly. in those fucking jobs. We exactly. weren't like boomers. We didn't just magic ourselves into a, a decent paying job straight out of high school. Well, so this is the interesting. That, that's like, so that's the other thing too, is the idea of like the entry level fast food job that you then move up a ladder on, you know, like maybe you start in fast food and you work your way up and become like, I don't know, a, a manager for some sort of, uh, food service company or something, but that's, it sounds Warehouse like Warehouse manager for Gordon's or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have a story like that, but yeah. that's not really, it looks like that's becoming less and less possible. It looks like yes, we're getting to the is, point where it, like, it you need like the, the line manager at the McDonald's, they want you to have like a four year degree. <laughs> yes. And you know, the implication for this is you had asked, how is this sustainable? And the answer to the question is, is it's not sustainable in the long term. but I'm 24. So I'll use myself an example. What happens in 15 years when I'm staring down someone my age, is staring down the age of 40 and has never had a job good enough to buy a home, buy a new car, and form a family. Mm -hmm. So yeah, corporations might have a come-to-Jesus moment in 15 years after you have fucked about yeah. 70 million people who are currently under the age of 35. White people. Yeah, who, who, who never got married, never had 35. kids. Yeah, yeah. 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 start families yep that is the social implication of this yeah and i don't i other than other than state policy the state forcing a change in the economy i can't there i can't think of a way that this will change without you know it, it being 15 to 20 years from now yeah well there's just, uh, obviously vested financial interests in the current paradigm because you've got so much money tied up in education 
and then textbooks and things like that. And oh my God, the textbook industry, that has got to be the biggest racket of almost any American racket, like looking at the prices of textbooks and then looking at how the content is actually uh, put together and what it consists of. It's insane. You know, a lot of, st- a lot of states now are debating uh, requiring that parents invest some or all of the money for textbooks. What? Yeah, that's been a discussion in a couple in a couple states what? now. It's so ass backward. Why is America like this? Why don't you go after the textbook companies, not the fucking parents of the kids going to school? They're because not setting the prices of those fucking textbooks. They're not making them expensive. Why don't you go ask the textbook companies why that shit's so expensive? Free the free market, Alex. It's the free market. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, they the can free gouge whoever they want. It's like you you buy a thousand dollar textbook. And then this unlocks online content and you get like terrible, like uh, text to voice bullshit that will like read you whatever the chapter is. PDFs included. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just plus your PDFs because everything has to be. A PDF. Oh, and they come with textbooks for teachers. And I think they come with suggested assignments. Like it's, it's, it's a whole, and this is a whole separate thing. I could, I could do a whole show on, I could riff a whole show on my own about how in the 1960s, the state used to do all of these things, as in the state would have a committee or an agency that wrote textbooks. Mm-hmm. And then I, they would sell them to another state or down from the Fed to the state, but it'd be really cheap, it, essentially just covering the labor cost. And it was all done internally, and most things for the state were done this way, at least partially. And then in the 1960s and the 1970s, all of that was contracted out. Like, for example, you know, the U.S. government doesn't make your passport. It's a private company. <laughs> there are like in, in, the, in the whole world, in the whole world. There are like three major and I think two of them are German, three major companies that manufacture passports and companies contract this out to these or countries contract this out to the, these companies. Whether or not you're filling out an application with the German foreign ministry or at the post office in the United States, it's the same company manufacturing that passport. Like right. all of oh, this stuff, of all of this stuff, um, all of this stuff is, is sort of decentralized and has been put into the hands of one corporation or another. And these corporations rule the social space. There is no one policing them. And the worst thing is that there are people defending them. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, if, if you like think about it critically, like uh, for a lot of jobs, the, 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 the basic thrust of what you're doing is not changed. Like the technology may have changed a little bit. So exactly like the technology what kinda, makes it easier. Yeah. So like what kind of updating have we been doing in these textbooks all these years? Why do they keep growing in expense, even though the job, as you say, is getting easier? And really all it's changed is like some peripheral technology here and there, which you're not going to get trained correctly on from the textbooks anyway. That's going to be completely dependent on what job you get, right? Right. I mean, to to use like healthcare as an example, uh, a textbook, I I don't think they normally would even think of doing this, but they wouldn't train you on Epic, which is a, a software used for charting. Because when you get out, you might be at a hospital that doesn't use Epic. Might be using a completely different software. So of course they're not going to spend waste time training you on charting software. All of that stuff happens on the job. It's kind of one of my you know, eternal complaints about the way this education system works. Like most of what you're going to be doing day to day is something you will have to be trained for on the job anyhow. 
Yeah, absolutely. Very, very little of what you get in your formal education is going to directly carry over to your job. And to and to answer the question about about prices, this was a thing I harped on constantly in 2022 on white papers. And you can go back through white papers and I, I cite the OECD. I cite the Australian Central Bank, the Economic Policy Institute, the IMF, um, their, their, uh, the corporate profit inflation report by the UK Parliament. Roughly 60 to 67 percent of all the inflation that we saw in the year 2021 and 2022 were corporate profits. Corporate profits. Nice. They weren't they weren't passing costs onto the consumer. They were making more profits. In 2022, Tyson, the chicken company, like where you buy your fucking chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. their CEO went on MSNBC or whatever NBC business network, whatever the hell. And they said, you know, your profits are up 22, 25.2% or whatever over a quarter. How do you justify that? Like people can't afford that. And he looked at the camera and he said, people are still going and buying it. And we're going to keep selling it. And as long as people are buying it, we're raising prices. And it's the same thing with the textbook thing. State, there are 50 state governments and the federal government and God knows how many fricking colleges in this country. And what are they doing? They're still buying textbooks. Mm -hmm. And now that they're getting increasingly unable to afford it, they're talking about parents buying textbooks. Like I, this, this behavior, which ties back to credentialism, sort of the unmitigated, unregulated behavior of neoliberal corporate America, nothing can be done about this unless you use the state. Yeah. There needs to be an adult in the room that that goes up and says, you know what, uh, how about we just nationalize a few of these companies and see what happens? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I don't understand why there isn't. Yeah, oh my, I'm about to sound like a socialist and good because I am. Yeah, um, yeah, I am a socialist. Why isn't there a state-owned company that produced that is contracted by the state governments to produce textbooks? Yeah. Texas needs a history textbook. Texas pays for the labor to produce the textbook. They're done. There's the textbook. Like I, this this shit is simple. Why are there dozens of textbook companies ripping off department of edu- departments of education all over the country? I mean, I would love to to spend a little time researching the inflation of the prices of textbooks versus the actual content not really changing much at all. It looks to be just blatant rent-seeking, given the prices that they're charging, the quality of the books themselves. Because keep in mind, we're talking about paperback books here. We're not talking about hardcovers. <laughs> Why am I paying $1,000 for something that's not even a fucking hardcover? Why must I pay for a new textbook like basically every year? why oh because you're just you're just uh you're just stealing money from people you're just taking money from people that's just legalized stealing it's yeah, bullshit legalized stealing describes life in modern america yeah pretty much everything in, in modern america it describes life in modern america and I, I don't know that there's necessarily like a conspiracy between the HR departments and the college system and the textbook manufacturers here probably not but it is interesting how these things pile on each other how there's a ripple effect with all a of cons- that a conspiracy no but like a total lack of interest in sort of investigating or doing anything yes yeah like there, there's a con- there's a conspiracy of the disinterested and republicans are republicans are the worst about this they're ultimately like the like 
use public policy to resolve a problem? That sounds that sounds like communism. Make life better for people. No, thank you. Like that is sort of the attitude of and it's not just Republicans, but they're the worst example. That is the attitude of policymakers in the United States. Sometimes they do deliberately do shit to make your life worse. Immigration is the perfect example. But other times they're just not interested in doing anything to make your life better. There's a lot of things that Americans just sort of seem to take for granted as being normal for what's ostensibly supposed to be a first world country. Like, first of all, college itself that you're paying to go to college. A lot of countries will pay for college for you. They have state sponsored colleges in a lot of places where you don't pay a dime. Uh, Healthcare. It's not even college. A lot of countries, Germany, I always go back to Germany. We talked about this, I think, in our second show, maybe. Germany has the most comprehensive trade apprenticeship to job system and pipeline in the world. If you go into a trade in Germany, you are virtually guaranteed a job. Mm -hmm. That does not exist in the United States in any comprehensive way. It is totally. It's totally up to like the individual trade schools to try to find partnerships and they have to hope that the corporation will uh, pay the intern. Like it's a whole, th- a whole so thing. The intern thing. Let's get to that real fast. Cause that's oh, like yeah, that interesting American you. fucked up situation there with the, the idea of the unpaid intern It's like, okay, we've got to get your experience. Well, how are you going to get your experience? Well, if they won't pay you as an entry level worker, what if you just volunteer? If you're just an unpaid volunteer, you get your experience that way. College credits. Yeah. So now you've got companies that are effectively getting an unpaid labor force, you know, slaves. They have slaves, which puts further like downward pressure on hiring for uh, these entry-level positions because, hey, we don't need to fill them. We've got slaves, right? Right. (laughs) Why hire hire a new logistics uh, coordinator when we can hire an intern mm-hmm. an intern can direct the trucks for ups we don't have to pay someone to do that yeah yeah we'll just have the slave do it <laughs> the slave do it get me a slave yeah, i mean eventually eventually he'll get enough experience and maybe he can stop being a slave he can, he can obtain his freedom <laughs> <laughs> at a marginal wage yeah you can buy his freedom pay 33 pay 33 percent of his income and rent what's that's what's really fucked up is you're paying money to be a slave in america you got to pay the education system to get your degree and then you go intern for free somewhere and not get paid for it it's insane it's incredible it really is you're you're saying there, there are interns like sleeping in the basements of places oh yeah so this was a un so the united nations does not pay their interns <laughs> uh, so you have not. you have to think about this where, of course they where, wouldn't. where are you t- where are united nations agencies located geneva mm-hmm. new york vienna some of the most expensive cities in the world and a while ago the un the international labor organization which is a un body found uh an intern had been sleeping in the basement because he's an unpaid intern mm-hmm. he couldn't he couldn't afford a, a an apartment in whatever city in switzerland the damn building was in so he was sleeping in the basement 
I think an interesting question to ask these companies would be like, uh, and organizations like, so what would you do if you didn't have unpaid interns? What would this force you to do? Oh, you mean you'd have to hire people? Interesting. Well, this same question go sort of ripples out. What would you do if you didn't have cheap mass immigration labor for mass immigration? Oh, you'd have to pay. You have to pay Americans well. I wrote a post today. I'll bring this up because it, it actually it, uh, it jives. I wrote a post today about the, U, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce published this stupid article about a company in Arizona that spell, that sells high-performance hay for I'm listening. horse racing competitions. Uh-huh. And the guy said, this is a quote from this, this uh, owner, it's a hard job. You're unloading 100 pound bales of hay in arizona in the summer in a metal barn it might be 100 degrees it's just tough to find people willing to do that for the most part americans don't apply for these jobs so uh, this is like the old white people are lazy trope right like white people just won't do this work but right right because i mean it's it's hay for horses so you can't use round bales you gotta use square bales which mean which uh, 100 pounds of bell like what i don't know but what what the what the chamber of commerce never tells you it, tell, it makes sure to tell you that white people are lazy and they need they need uh, more uh, Hondurans. But mm-hmm. uh, farm wage workers, their median salary is twenty nine thousand six hundred eighty dollars. That's fifty. Per, that's fifty seven percent below the average median income for a white household. Agricultural workers don't get paid overtime. There's no time and a half for agricultural workers. Agricultural workers were exempt from the National Labor Relations Act. They can't unionize. That's really convenient for Monsanto. Yes, isn't it? So white people are apparently lazy. Never mind the fact, and I wrote this in the post, never mind the fact that like 90% of steel and sheet metal workers are white. I have been in a fucking foundry. It is hot. Oh my God. I have bailed a lot of hay. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd want to do that job eight hours a day. <laughs> 90, not... 90% of miners, electricians, cement masons, mechanics. These, these, these are all whites. Not over 90% white men, over but, overwhelmingly white men. Yeah. When you say but that, they, they have higher wages and they can unionize and they get overtime. Yeah. When you, when you say that, that people don't want to do the job of bailing hay purely because it's a sucky job, I'm going to, doubt that i'm going to highly doubt that they yeah. don't do it because it doesn't pay because there's yeah there's certainly other jobs that are worse than bailing hay bailing hay is not not the most fun you can have but i can think of worse things uh i would say commercial landscaping that <laughs> can be quite a bit worse you know I, I i wouldn't be surprised at all that people come and bail hay in in a in a in an environment of just compensation where they're getting paid appropriately, mm-hmm. I could understand where, you know, maybe the guy makes it for two years because that is backbreaking work. Um, yeah, yeah. But, like I said, I, I wouldn't want to do that kind of work all, know, all the time. He leaves. I, after- I have been paid to bill hay before. I got paid like twenty five dollars back in the late nineties. He leaves right, but the the guy in the modern day leaves after two weeks because you're paying him like eleven dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. If that, and there's not health insurance and he can't unionize and he doesn't get overtime. Yeah. I'd fucking quit too. Yeah. No, it's, it sucks. 
and, and this people are squeezed from both. This is the other thing about America. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking, is, so, so you're talking about like this high performance hay stuff. Like, okay, yeah. so who are you selling this stuff to? It's 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 uh the the wealthy. You could just raise your prices. Yes, yeah, right? for it's for it's for a designer. It's for like those designer horse on display shows. Yeah, they can afford to. Yeah, charge absolutely. Product and pay your workers more. Hey, problem absolutely. solved. Absolutely. It, the it's, whole, a, it's a luxury good. Modern it's literally America, a luxury. It's a luxury good. <laughs> it is a luxury good. Modern America squeezes people from both ends. Like you can't, I, I always think about like, there's nowhere to go. There's no escape. You can't, <laughs> there's nowhere yeah. to run. And I don't know, like, it is no wonder, it is no wonder. And the, you know, it sounds a bit dark, but it is no wonder that the males, the male suicide rate is so astronomically high. Mm-hmm. There, it, it, drug abuse. I mean, the whole thing, alcoholism has yeah, been on the it, increase for five years. Like America crushes you. There's no path. Like there's no, there's a series of life traps instead of a path. Correct. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. There is a series of, there is a series of life, of life traps and you fall and you stumble. And when you look and like, is anyone going to help me up? No, they don't help you up. They spit on you. And I don't No, No, they're like, well, well I got my truck boat truck. What's your problem? <laughs> truck boat. Oh God. And that's, that seems like a good place to end it. Or we're, we're at 57 minutes. I think we're done here. Okay. Let's get in the truck boat truck and get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Start her up. It's a diesel. <laughs>